Happy Thanksgiving. Now, we're back to Mark Dondero and Jim Hackett on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. Thanksgiving. Welcome into Dondero and Hackett here on WEEI. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. I don't know. Was that a Thanksgiving theme type of little jingle there, Jackson? Yeah. Or I don't know what that. All right. I, I can get into that. Um, that was on any vetter hard son. Okay. It's kind of on. I thought it was a good opener. Fine. That works for me. Um, we want to be the first to wish all the kids playing high school football. Yeah. Good luck. Go get them. It's em. a huge day. Um, Especially Wiggy's kid. You got to. Yeah. Wiggy's kid going to ball out today. You got to remember. I, I thought about this a few years ago. I remember asking some of the Patriots, Jim. A lot of the states in this country, even the football craze states, do not play Thanksgiving football. No, it's a Massachusetts know? anomaly. It yeah, really there might is. be some other. I think yeah. there's some other states in the Northeast that do it. Maybe New York does a little. But I mean, for a non-football craze state, yeah, I love it. I, I'm. I've always been proud to be here and to play significant football on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so good luck to all those kids. I know things have changed over the years a little bit. Yeah, um, some of the games aren't as meaningful as they used to be. But for the kids playing. It's always a huge day. It's like, yeah. Maybe their last game of their careers, last game of the season, whatever rivalry game. You always remember what you did on Thanksgiving, so go out there, give it your all, have fun. Old friend Jerry Callahan of WEI yeah, used to have a great article. Yes, he used he to did. go up on the Boston Herald every year. I remember year. it, yeah. Because uh, he was a pretty, I think, a decent, you know, uh, high school football player, and he wrote an article about this is like the biggest game of your life. For some of you, it might be the last time you ever put the uniform on, so like, go get him. It was great. I grew up in Newton, so in Newton North had, I think, the longest rivalry for a long time against Brookline High. It was over, I think it got to like 120 years, and then they shuffled up all the conferences and divisions and stuff like that. So, And that was a nice run back in the day when I was a kid, because we had our arch, our real arch rival was Waltham, next door neighbor. Brookline is too, but we were, it was a more fierce rival with, rivalry with Waltham. So you'd go Waltham before Thanksgiving, and then you'd have Thanksgiving against Brookline. So it was a nice back-to-back kind of thing. But the kid, it's still a big deal in Massachusetts. Mike Lynch made a career out of it. Oh, yeah. You know, with the scroll on, and on I Channel remember 5 he, for years. I, I remember him lighting up. He annihilated the yeah. MIAA when they made some of the changes yeah. and they took the, some of the significance yeah. out of it and the playoff system and all that. But he did. I also always watch that show. It was appointment viewing on Thanksgiving night. And then Butch Stearns here in this very studio for a long time did the 9 to noon, which we're doing now. We're probably going to get more into the Patriots three-hour show just to the, the kids playing high school football, the history. Um, he had Fred Smurlis in one year, which was really funny. And I remember... You know, I wrestled in high school, and Fred had long since graduated, but he used to come and stand in the doorway. And the, the guy was like 6'6", 300 pounds. He'd stand in the doorway, and you'd like look at him. <laughs> like, yeah. You'd be scared to get out there just uh, just seeing him. So it was fun to hear him kind of talking about you know, how he got into football and stuff like that. And that was a lot of fun, a good show and good stuff. Okay, so a big football game today yeah. Uh, yeah. for the Patriots. So thank you. Uh, finally, a really good slate of games yeah. on Thanksgiving Day. And I mean... Even the Lions it can figures, score. But it figures the Lions are going to play. You know, they're finally playing decent. Yeah. They have a chance. You think, oh, they might have a chance to win on Thanksgiving for once. Here come the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Plus, you know, the Lions are now plus nine and a half uh, in that game. So I do not expect them to win that no. game. But, hey, crazier things have happened. We'll see. Um, and Buffalo was, what, they've been in Detroit this whole time? I mean, they were in Detroit last weekend, weren't they? Yeah, so right. We'll see. Um, they've been on the road a little bit. The Patriots, though. Yeah. And this is where I want to start the show. And I, I, I don't want to be negative on Thanksgiving morning, but this is the way I feel. And I know you have a nice column up I read on uh, WEEI.com that we can get into because yeah. it talks about how the NFL as a whole this year, there's a lot of, well, holes in the league. You know, a lot of yeah. weak teams this yeah. year. 
Um, Brady said it early in the season. Right? I'm watching a lot of bad football. And it's like it's interesting during the Patriots run, Mark. You know, with the the six Super Bowls in 18 years and the the uh, nine appearances in 18 years. I mean, 50 percent of the time they were in the bowl. Um, almost 100 percent of the time they were in the AFC Championship. And that's the time period. That period of time in the beginning of the first dynasty when Roger Goodell and all of his henchmen were talking about parity. They want parity. They had built the league with the changes in free agency for parity. And the Patriots defied all the odds. Well, they finally got the parity they want, but it's not good parity. It's mediocrity. So the column is the NFL is so mediocre that the Patriots may actually have a chance. Now, when I say they have a chance, I'm not talking about a Super Bowl. They have a chance to get in the tournament, though. Right now, they're sitting as the sixth seed. Sure. You know? And it's just it's such a mediocre playing field. And I cite some things in the article. You know, look at the, look at the Jets as a great example. Example A, right? They beat Buffalo two weeks before they came to New England. They beat Buffalo. And at the time, Buffalo isn't quite the threat, the championship threat that they were three weeks ago, like looking back at it now. Because, um, you know, Allen got hurt. Right. You know, they lost to the I Jets. I would say they're not quite the championship threat. I still see them as... No, maybe, they're right there. Maybe yeah. the team to beat. But, yeah, you don't know how hurt he was or he yeah. is or whatever. They don't have as much shine is sure. probably a good way to say yeah. it, right? And, um, and then two weeks go by. And they just come to New England and put up three points, you know, two yards in the second half. Yeah, so I mean, Exhibit A, Exhibit B, tonight's opponent, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Vikings are an interesting team because they're eight and two. Okay, they've been strong all year long. They got waxed Sunday by the Dallas Cowboys, forty to three. Not only that, couple that with it's it's a short it's a short week for rest and and preparation. I always take a Belichick team on a Thursday night because. He knows how to get them ready. He and Brady were great. And Brady came on in, uh, on Patriots Monday a couple times. He goes, he goes, it's really not all that different if you kind of stay with the same formula in terms of preparation for the game. So I always like the Patriots on a Thursday night just because of the short break. But coming off what Minnesota came off of against Dallas, for a 40-3 thumping, that's part one. Part two is Kirk Cousins has never won in prime time, mm-hmm. ever, over. So... Nobody's a bigger Kirk Cousins hater than me. Oh, good. I, I don't like Kirk Cousins. No offense to Kirk Cousins. You yeah. know, he had some fun viral videos or whatever. Don't like his game. Never bought in. I thought the, some of the contracts he's gotten have been madness. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the Patriots, I'm going to say this, okay? I, overall, am more pessimistic about this team right now, yeah. even though I do think the defense is more legit than last year. Yes. Do I expect a drop-off after... Thanksgiving or going down the stretch like we saw last year. No, I don't. I think they're going to be better than we saw last year. I think they're still going to play. I think Matt Judon has committed himself since the offseason to making sure that doesn't happen. I think that's bled over into some of the other play. I think the defense is better. But when I look at this team, how am I supposed to feel good when I see what I'm seeing out of the quarterback position? Yeah, I can't do it. I, I, I don't like what I'm seeing. I mean, right now, and I know I'm not a stats guy. But it's Thanksgiving Day, yep. 2022, and Mac Jones has four touchdowns yep. and seven interceptions. Yeah, it's, like, it, honestly, I mean, that, that could be his statistics coming out of the first quarter of the season. And I know he was hurt. Yeah. I know he was hurt, and I get it, but I'm sorry. It's more than just stats. It's the eye test. It's how he's looked dropping back. It's the feeling I get when he drops back and he's mm. looking down the field. None of it is adding up. No. And as a quarterback, as we all know, everybody listening to this show right now knows, the most important entity for professional football, the most important position. You have to have the production there. If you don't, yep. you can only go so far. And I know what your article is saying, and I agree with it. There yep. is less really good teams out there. Yep. 
but there's still a few. And yeah. you're talking about really making a serious run. It will be interesting to see because I do think the defense could get them there. They run the ball some, you know, in spots sometimes. You know, we'll see what they can turn that into. But from a big picture perspective, the quarterback play this year hasn't been here. And I'm a Mac Jones guy. Yeah. I'm not even saying it's all on him. A lot of it is probably no, it's on not. the Patric- Patricia. Most of it's the surrounding, sure. the surrounding cast. But Jim, that, whatever the, the reason is, it's not happening. No, I agree. And that's making me really negative yeah. about the ultimate prospects of this team. And I don't know how they turn that around. I don't see how the quarterback turns it around right now. Yeah, no. I, I, the article I wrote before this one uh, is actually this is like you know, and I've been here on Friday nights from ten to midnight, killing Belichick for what he did and did not do to support his. Best asset. I mean, Matthew Judon is their best player, okay? But their greatest asset coming into the year was their number one pick, their rookie quarterback who made a Pro Bowl. Now, it's kind of a fluffy. It means something to me. It means something to me. It's a fluffy Pro Bowl. But, again, 10-7 and in his first year, 10-8, and and you include the stomping in the playoffs. But he was your best chip. And what do you do? You had an opportunity to get Billy O'Brien to be an offensive coordinator. I don't care what anybody says. He was available. All you had to do was pay the man. And the quote that came through you know, later in the summer was from Belichick. It was not really a quote, but kind of like a, a hearsay type of quote was, well, I didn't want to bring someone like that in and then lose him. Well, then pay the man. Give him a contract. You won't lose him if you give him a contract. So the whole offseason set up what we are seeing still heading into week 12 tonight is that the infrastructure around him, he's got no one to support him. He's got no one to talk to. The offense is still a work in progress in week 12. All these things. But that said, I wrote a column a couple weeks ago. I'll pull it up at the break, which was, you know, regardless of all that, and you're never going to hear anyone kill Matt Patricia like I will. I think it's – I didn't like him as a defensive coordinator, okay, back oh, with no, the Ben don't break. His, I couldn't wait for him to leave. Y- yeah. And, and by the way, when he did, Flores took over, and how much more aggressive did that oh. defense look, right? So just uh, – that's a, a squirrel moment by me. But, you know, so I don't trust – that Belichick is doing what's best for the team. I think he's doing the season coming into the year. Doing He did what was best for himself. I don't trust the lieutenants he has on offense with Patricia and Judge. That said, you're right. The results on the field in terms of the eye test and the res- and what you're seeing and the lack of production, at some point, at some point it comes down to the quarterback. And, you know, I will say this. It's an interesting progression the last couple of weeks, and it's like baby steps, man. It's We're talking like teeny tiny, like just learning to walk baby steps. But... First, you know, the win against the Colts, 26-3, to which was one of the most boring games I've ever seen, yep. followed up by the most boring game I ever saw until the last 10 seconds of the game with Marcus Jones' punt return for a touchdown, right? But baby steps. Don't turn the ball over. Okay, you can check that box. Second, second win against the Jets. Efficiency. He was efficient. Now, I, th- I think he was like close to 80% on, on his completion percentage against the Jets. And efficient. I'll take it. Now what has to happen is the whole offense needs to take a step forward. And if I'm the, uh, calling the shot, I'm not going to say I'm Matt Patricia or Joe Judge because I, I don't want to be. If I'm in the position of I'm, I'm calling the shots if, for the Patriots tonight, you have nothing to lose. This is the hardest part of the season. The Vikings, the Bills twice, the AFC Conference champion Bengals. Um, you have another tough one in there. Miami. Uh, Miami, yeah. I, again, and usually coming up here, they're an underdog, no, but you not, can't not now. Tua. You've never beaten Tua. He dominates you right. for whatever reason. Look, I just... I'm spreading it out tonight if I'm the Patriots. Why not? What do you have to lose? It reminds me of the Monday night game, the year of the, un- the near undefeated season. They went in on... The, the, and back then, the Vikings in 2007, their, their defense was ferocious. 
and they spread them out. Now, Mac Jones is not Brady, um, and this 2022 team is not the same as the 2017 team, not even close. But theoretically and philosophically, spread it out. It's the one thing you haven't done. Let the kid sling it a little bit and see if he can get his confidence back because he's he didn't turn it over two games in a row. He was finally more efficient. Now, if you want to take that step in terms of confidence, let him sling it. Let him sling it. So I think the, in terms of this Vikings game, the Patriots last year, at least defensively, you could argue, were a little fraudulent. Is yes. that too strong? I no. mean, based no. on how they ended the year, most of the year they, it was a mirage. Proofs in the, proofs in the results. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering with the Vikings if, I mean, they're 8-2 and two and they're getting outscored. Yeah. Like, that's, that's yeah. weird, man. Like, so I, I'm wondering if they're more of the mirage this year. They might be. And with Kirk Cousins, I, I like the Patriots tonight. You're giving me two, two and a half points. Like, I'm taking the Patriots yeah. tonight. Just because I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to produce, I think the Patriots are going to create pressure. I, I think I just read that the Vikings' left tackle is out. Yeah, I mean that's a bad thing against this Patriots front seven and, and Judon and those boys. So I, I think that really Kirk Cousins is going to have issues, and I think the Patriots are going to find a way to play their game. Yeah. and grind out a win. They I capitalize on those issues. So that's that's, what right. Bel- that's look at. I've been killing Belichick for weeks about how he didn't build his organization to support Mac Jones and the offense, okay? Then everyone's been beating that drum for a long time in different ways and in different voices and different perspectives, but it's all coming to the same thing. However, the beauty of Bill Belichick is what you can get tonight, is the game planning and taking advantage of that. They don't have a left tackle. Their line isn't, their line isn't great. Our line isn't great. Who do you trust more? I trust Belichick in that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the whole thing about... Ex-players, ex-coaches coaching against Belichick, and they've yep. had a lot of success. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't bet the house on the game, but if I had to go one way, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. No. And I think that the Patriots are going to find a way to get in his face and make it a bad night for him. Yeah. Okay? And the, and offensively, like you said, Jones recently hasn't been turning the ball over as much. Yep. I just need to see more, and I'm not seeing it. I just don't even see the look in his eye. I don't see... It just doesn't feel like when he drops back to pass, good things are going to happen. Yeah, no, I Do you get you. that feeling? No. I mean, what's going on? Why can't they complete a pass down the field sometimes? And just one, th- one other thing on, yeah. on Patricia. Another thing that's bothering me when I think of the, the Kendrick Bourne situation, or even going back to the Malcolm Butler thing from the Super Bowl mm, a long time ago. 52. What? I feel like sometimes he gets a little moody, yeah. and he feels like he has to I don't know, discipline players or show them who's boss yeah. and guys get in his doghouse. Like, where was Kendrick born early in the season? Yeah. I mean, they really haven't exploded onto the scene, these other receivers, in terms of production. You know what the what right, happened? You know is, what it, the, is he in Patricia's doghouse? I mean, that annoys me. You know what the right word is for that, Mark, is that Belichick has proven this, too, and you cited it with one example with, with Malcolm Butler. Go back to the feet with Wes Welker. That was a playoff game. People forget about that yep. against Houston on the road. Um he can be petty. He can be petty. He's a 70-year-old man, and he can be petty about things like that. And again, I go back to the, like what's best for the team. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, most of the time, I think that is the case. Doesn't feel like the case all the time. It certainly doesn't feel like the case in the way he built things. But you're right. You know, Kendrick Bourne was a, was a potentially explosive, dynamic player on a team and on an offense that severely lacks that. They came into the season with what I call an ensemble offense. If you put it all together, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, Jonu Smith, eh, but he's part of the mix, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. That's a pretty good ensemble. 
if you put it all together, you can spread it around and put a nice ensemble offense together. The one guy that had some dynamic qualities, and they added one with Ty- Tyquan Thornton. It's going to remain to see if he can even break off the line because he's so fra- small and fragile. Excuse me. But um, Bourne was the one guy that you thought you could get in space and he could take off and make a move and gain some yardage. We haven't seen it at all. And the, the receptions that he does get, the plays that he does get, are usually on third and short, and they're dive plays. You're not getting him in space at all. So to go back to your point as to you know what is it that Mac Jones is struggling with, I think it's a crisis of confidence that stems from a lack of belief. I just don't think the man believes in the plays that are coming in from the person that's calling him. That's what I think it is. Now, now he needs to get over it. It's week 12. It's Thanksgiving. You're 6-4. and four. You're in the sixth seed. You got a shot to get there. And I think he's showing signs that he's getting over it a little bit, and he's buying in. But at the core, at the core of it, does he have belief in what's coming in at the time it's coming in from the person it's coming from? I would say no. My negativity associated with the quarterback production does not mean I'm saying the Patriots should bail on Mac Jones. I'm not saying that. No. I'm just saying quarterbacks and good quarterbacks – don't regress. Right. Okay. Even if they haven't exploded on the scene in their second year, Pat Mahomes, 50 touchdowns, they don't regress. I mean, uh, Josh Allen never regressed. No. It took him a little longer. Yeah. He didn't regress in his second year. Jones is regressing. Yeah. That's the reality. Yep. It's an opinion. It's a fact. He's regressing. No question. And I don't, you know, how am I supposed to sit here and feel good about the team when the most important player slash position is taking steps backward. Yeah. That, for whatever reason. Yeah. Whether it's Belichick's decision to bring those coaches in, whether it's Jones just, they figured him out, and now he's not as good as we thought, which I'm not saying is the case. I don't know what it is, but he's regressing, and it's not good. And a lack okay. of confidence. I think it's a crisis whatever of confidence. Whatever it is, yeah. And you know what, Mark? What, what's, more, what's, what's more alarming about it, to me, is this isn't a 2022-only thing. Think about after the seven-game winning streak last last year. You and Fitzy and I were in here shortly. So Fitzy and I did a show, I think, on uh, on Christmas Eve and then one before that when they played on a Saturday in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. And Indianapolis ran it down their throats, right? And I came in screaming that the defense is too slow. Hightower, slow. Collins, slow. These guys couldn't catch up to anything. But on the flip side of it, the defense was so slow and lagging so far behind that people took their eye off of what, what wasn't happening on offense. That regression in Mac Jones started then, Mark. It started then. Sure. After the seven-game winning streak, you know, uh, against Miami, against Buffalo, um, there was another one in there. I'll look at it during the break. But other than the Jacksonville win, which I think they put up 50 points on, it's been a slow regression since they were the top team in the conference in 2021 at the end of the seven-game winning streak. It's been a slow downhill climb. And that predates... Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, the throw it up for 50-50 ball, the zone blocking scheme offense. That predates all of it. So it's a troubling trend. So are you saying that Mac Jones is a fraud and it was a mirage the first half of last year when we thought he was the next big thing? No, I don't think he's a fraud. I, I, I wonder if he is what... I wonder if his ceiling is potentially as high as I thought it might have been during that seven-game winning streak. I'm not sure because, you know, McDaniels was there, and I'm a big believer in Josh McDaniels. And I said it to you, I think, on President's Day with Barrett. You guys looked at me crazy. 
I've been around a while, and I think Josh McDaniels is one of the three best offensive coordinators I've ever seen. Now he's a, he's being a miserable failure as a head coach in the Raiders, separate. But he was here during that regression. Now part of that could be rookie growing pains. Part of that could be the fact that the defense was crumbling and there was more pressure on him. So I'm not willing to throw him out yet. I'm not. I, I don't feel like we have enough to analyze with him yet. But the reality is the trends for now coming on a year aren't good. It's not good. It's not okay? good. It hasn't been good really since the bye week last year. Yeah. And it's getting worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the team looks good. So it's going to be interesting The defense tonight. and the special teams look good. It's going to be a, interesting tonight. Yeah. Especially when you consider what the Vikings are coming off of, the game being in Minnesota, short week, Kirk Cousins, Belichick, all those things. But the quarterback doesn't look good, and that concerns me. All right. When we get back, more on this. Uh, we could talk about the Patriots and the arrow. Do you see it? On the whole, pointing up, pointing down. Um, and like you said, we want to get into some of the Bruins and the Celtics' thoughts, too. Yeah. It's Dondero and Hackett, Thanksgiving Day. Let's get it trending. Gresh and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by United Construction and Forestry. Hit your projects out of the park with United Construction and Forestry's all-star lineup of John Deere compact equipment from track loaders to mini excavators and skid steers own yours at unitedcf.com or stop stop by your local United store. The Bruins went down 5-2 to two in Florida to the Panthers last night. They'll have Thanksgiving off and will play the Hurricanes tomorrow. Puck drops at 1. Despite having a sore ankle, Jason Tatum and the Celtics dominated the Dallas Mavericks. It was the first 10-plus point loss for the Mavericks all year. Yeah. Tatum led all Celtic scores with 37 points and 13 rebounds. The pass take on the Vikings tonight, 8-20. Stay tuned to WEI all day. We'll have some football. Get you ready for the game. Isaiah Wynn is out, and David Andrews and Marcus Jones are listed as questionable. That's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, we're back to Mark Dondero and Jim Hackett on Boston Sports Original. WEI. Um, statistically, you know, the numbers from last year compared to this year, I just think everything's different um, from year to year. So uh, the most important thing for us is to try to improve as we go forward uh, this year and focus on this year. And, and that's when I answer that question, that's really what uh, I'm talking about from that standpoint. You know, um, I think that last year's um, situation, no matter what team we're talking about or what player is always different um, than this year's, you know, and, and the team evolves, it changes every single year and each year is its own year. I mean, that's just the reality of the NFL and the teams you play are different, certainly. And the teams that we played in the first half of the year are going to be much different than the teams we play in the second half of the year. So that'll be a whole different level of, um, you know, improvement or um, how we how we handle that as we go forward. And, and that's why we take things week by week, because um, if you look bigger than that for us, you, you're going to get lost in some of the details of the things that we need to improve on right now that really matter. Lost in details. Jeez. Well, sorry to ruin your Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> this year isn't this year. Next year isn't last year. This year will be next year, next year. So this year is this year. So stay in this year. I mean, I, have you ever like, been more confused? I don't know what it is. Listen, Matt Patricia. Um, look, I, I was wrong, okay? Because I did not think that the coordinators and that situation that we talked about a lot in yeah. the offseason and leading into this year, I did not think it was going to manifest itself into a big deal. I thought it was going to become a non-story. Oh, I did. And I was wrong, okay? Because for whatever reason, I never dreamed we would see the drop-off yeah. from Mac Jones that we've seen. Now, again, we're still trying to figure out who's mainly to blame. You know, maybe it is more Jones. Maybe he wasn't as good as we thought. 
Maybe Patricia ruined them. Maybe Patricia and Judge ruined them. I don't know. You know, if they get another quarterback in here, you know, Zappy, maybe they look good because mm. Patricia. It just doesn't feel like that's the case, and it feels like I was really wrong, and these two men, specifically Matt Patricia, yeah. have screwed up Mac yeah. Jones. No, that's it's a, what it feels like. It's a clown show. And like, Imagine being Mac Jones. You're, you're, you you played under Josh McDaniels last year, and you remember on the sidelines whether they had a good drive or a touchdown, a touchdown drive or a drive that stalled. He would be right there next to him, counseling him. And you're getting counseled from one of the best that's ever schemed out offense in the history of the league, in my opinion. Um, and, and look at the track record. That would, that would state that. But who does this guy... Now he's getting play calls that don't work right. The, you've got two really dynamic running backs, good running backs. Ramondre is a dyna- dynamic back. But they changed the scheme, and the offensive line doesn't play to the scheme. So everything that's coming into this guy's headset as he's on, as he's on the field isn't quite working. He's losing confidence. Then he goes back on the sideline to get a little... Uh, to talk to someone about what he saw on the field, what did or didn't happen. And he's talking to someone like that. And I'm going to spare you because people are making food. It's a big eating day. Thanksgiving's a big eating day. Oh, get the stuff going. We're yeah. going to fire it up. I don't want people to throw up. Okay, yep. so no, I'm going to tell you can do this now. I'm going to tell Jackson to not play Joe Judge. I don't know if you've ever heard Joe Judge. If that was Matt Patricia you just heard before we came back from the break, which was convoluted and confusing. I don't even know what he was talking about. Poor Mac Jones. So then where do you go? Okay, I can't talk to that guy. I'll go talk to Joe Judge. Have you ever heard Joe Judge talk? I've heard him. He's a little bit Joe Judge sounds to me like when you go to a family reunion and there's like a thrice-divorced aunt that's had like a little too much Chardonnay. He just rambles. I I don't know what that guy's talking about either. So where does Mac Jones go? That all said, I'm not absolving Mac Jones. Mr. Brian Hoyer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but Brian Hoyer is missing an action. I I don't know. I don't know where you go. I don't know. I mean, I I thought where he would go would have been Bill Belichick. Yeah. And the greatest of all time would have been able to figure it out with him. I, but that's not working because the quarterback's going in the wrong direction. And he spread too thin, Let's Mark. talk to uh, – no, I know. Let's, I wanna, let's get Tommy and yeah. Waltham in who wants to talk a little uh, high school rivalries. What's up, Tommy? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I, um, I thought that um, – when you said earlier that Newton and Brookline was the longest rivalry legit last night – I was having a conversation with my kids, and I, I'm from Needham, and I was always yeah. told that Needham Wellesley was the longest rivalry. Yeah, I think, and I, I feel like I'm a liar to my kids now. No, no, I think you're right, Tommy. I, I said one of, I said one of, and I'm a Newton guy, so oh. yeah. So no, I think you're right. It might, it might be Needham and Wellesley. That's that strikes familiar. No, you didn't lie to your kid. Boston Latin <laughs> and Boston English also have that's a, a long long-standing one. rivalry. Yeah, that's a long um, one. So yeah, there's right. a few out there. I wasn't I wasn't sure if this was like the, uh, some a story that everyone believed when they were kids that they you know I'm I'm happy to to find out that I'm no, not crazy. You're a good dad, Tommy. What do you think about a- the past? 1882 was the first matchup between Needham and Wellesley. Yeah, sounds good. You're a good. Sounds you're a good. good you're let's still go, a good dad, go Tommy. Let's go Rockets today. Rockets and the Dead of Marauders. Let's uh let's go. Okay, right. thanks for the call, Tommy. I, I'm, you know, biased. St. John's prep and Zavarian. Seen some classic yeah. games over the years. Of course. Good teams. Um, you know, this isn't a rivalry game for the Patriots tonight. No. But it's... It's a big game, though. It's, it's huge because, again, just the way that the schedule's set up after last year and how it's exactly the same trajectory. Yeah. You know, a little stumbling out of the gates, cupcakes in the middle, harder down the stretch. Yeah. They're ferociously going to try, obviously, to not repeat what happened last year. Yeah. Good start, sort of, against the Jets. I'm interested to see, not just from a Patriots perspective, but from a Vikings perspective, if this is an offensive game, can the Patriots rise to the challenge? That's what I'm wondering. Because the, the Vikings, 
I mean, have scored points this year. They've got offensive weapons. Look, they've got the best receiver in football right yeah. now in Justin Jefferson. They've got a dynamic running back in Dalvin Cook uh, who's remained healthy, which has always kind of been his bugbear. And behind him, they've got a guy named Alexander Madison who can also tote it when he gets the opportunity. So they've got plenty of offense. They just added T.J. Hawkinson, which is a nice security blanket for Kirk Cousins. They also have Adam Thielen, who's, yeah. a, who's a possession receiver that you can use. They've got another long guy in K.J. Osborne. So they can move the football. Can the Patriots keep up? That's the question. And there's no evidence to date to show that they can, um, which is concerning. Now, that said, all that said, a couple of things I want to pump in here, Mark. Um, you mentioned at the top that Minnesota is missing its left tackle. They don't have a great offensive line, as it were, anyway. So, And the Patriots, front seven, and in the secondary, have been playing really well. You know, Very good team defense, applying a lot of pressure, getting good coverage in the back. So the Patriots' defense might be able to level the playing field. And that's exactly the way the Patriots have been winning. The, the six wins that they have you know, are all keep them in it and, and, and figure it out. Now, the offense against their first win was against, when Mac Jones, before he got hurt with the high ankle sprain, was against Pittsburgh. And that was kind of the – I think that was the screenplay for how they want to play, which is play tight defense. And that was a subpar opponent. Partic- you know, it was early September. So Pittsburgh, whatever momentum they found, which hasn't been a lot – they were running with Mitch Trubisky, and they weren't running well at all as an offense. I mean, mm-hmm. not just running the ball. But they took a one long shot to Aguilar. You might, it might be, it was probably Max' best pass of the season. Yep. And then they ran the ball they wanted, they wanted the way they wanted to, and they schemed it up in training camp. And that was pre-season. probably more Aguilar that that play than Max. Yeah, it was a fine play. You know, fifty fifty, yeah, fifty yeah. fifty ball that he went up and got. But the point is, really, the only time I've seen the Patriots' offense with Mac Jones under center, operate the way I think they wanted it to were the first three quarters against Baltimore before Mac Jones gave it away with those horrible interceptions and the second half against Pittsburgh after Aguilar made that long touchdown catch when he went up and got it. That's really all you've seen. The other part that you've seen, to kind of go to the crisis of confidence point that I brought up in the first half, Mark, about Mac Jones, is that the other times that the offense has operated well is when? Is when Bailey Zappi was out there. And this is why I want to go back to my point I brought up at the beginning of the show, that with Mac Jones the last two weeks, first, stop with the mistakes. Okay, they've checked that box. Second, be efficient. Get a rhythm. Get some completions going. They did that against the Jets. Now it was 240 yards, you know, not a lot, but, and they didn't get in the end zone, and they only got one field goal. However, they did progress the ball between the 20s, so you check that box. Now, if you want to get your confidence back, I'm going to make an analogy. The one thing Bailey Zappi brought when they played the Lions and the Browns and the three quarters against the Packers and that abomination Monday night against the Bears when he came in for Mac Jones, what did you see? I saw a quarterback who threw the ball a billion times in college who just came out, he got good protection, they used play action, they played to his strengths, and he slung it. And when you're slinging it around the yard and you're, and, and you're getting completions and you're moving down the field and you're having success, that builds confidence. So take that tactic. Take that historical that is right in front of you from just a few weeks ago and apply it to Mac Jones. You've got nothing to lose. You're an underdog. You're 6-4. and four. You're on the road. you got a shot. Sling it. See if you can bring his confidence back. Because if you don't do it now, it's not going to happen. 617-779-7937 if you want to jump in. I thought Mac Jones's most realist game, if that makes any sense, yeah. real life, was the Ravens game. 
That game the first three me, quarters. That game to me, yeah. Before he got out, yeah, I uh, got hurt. That that game to me was real life NFL football. Yeah, you have to when they were, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson was putting up points. The Ravens were scoring. You had to keep pace. The Patriots were almost forced into a game where you had to be dynamic offensively. And Jones tried it, yeah. and he made some plays. He did he made some bad plays, but he also made some good ones. But that was real life. Yeah, I feel like the way they play is in real life. And maybe part of the reason they can live that life is because, like your your column said, a lot of the other teams aren't good. Yeah. And a lot of the league sucks. They're helping them. They're helping them. So you can bring those teams that aren't good down into the mud with you. Mm-hmm. And credit to the Patriots. They've been able to do that and win. But real life playoffs, yeah. you know, and again, I, I feel like, I don't know why I have to apologize for this. I don't know who's making me. But the, the Patriots... <laughs> I'm not. No, but we, for 20 years, like I got into a little thing uh, with, uh, what's his name this week, um... He was the guy that he, he hit the stripper in the Super Bowl on the field. Chatham, Matt Chatham. Oh, Matt Chatham. Okay, yeah. Who's a foot? He knows way more football He's than I He's a footballist. Footballist. Yep. But I'm just saying, um, you know, the the we for 20 years we saw what good football looked like, yeah. what good quarterback play looked like, yep. and what you needed to win a championship. We got an. It was in our face for yep. 20 years. Very rare. Yep. Most cities, most. Fan bases don't enjoy that. This is what the NFL looks like, what you're seeing this year. Right. But yeah. So we know, though, what top-notch quarterback yep. play and football offensive production looks like. Why can't I keep that as the bar? Or do I bring the bar down and say, well, hey, he's not turning the ball over as much. That's great. I guess we could start doing that. Maybe I should. But I still look at it from the, okay, I'm watching Mahomes. I'm watching Allen. I'm watching even a, a guy that's not as good, but when he has to be, for example, Joe Flacco, not yeah. nearly as good as any of those guys, but the no. year they won the Super Bowl, he was. During that stretch in the playoffs, he was Mahomes that year. He was Brady that year. He was as good as you'll find. Threw a nice deep ball with confidence. 12, 12 yeah. touchdowns, no picks. Yep. Damn good. Yep. We know what good championship-level quarterback play looks like and smells like and yep. tastes like. If we're not seeing it, why can't I keep that as the bar and base what I'm seeing off of that now? 100%. You, you should. Want, but I guess, should I? Yeah, let me tell you why. Because you have the same football czar running the show. Bill Belichick set the bar. Bill Belichick created the bar. He was. He has been at the top of the food chain in New England football since 2000. He set the bar. He needs to build an infrastructure, build a field, a fleet of lieutenants, build a build a personnel department like he once had, and build the players on the field and build a culture that he established. He needs to hit his own bar. You are not off the hook that that should be your expectation. Now, is it an expectation that can be met since Brady left in two, after 2019? No, it isn't. However, that should be the bar. If that's not your goal... Then what are you doing? Well, Why maybe, out there? That, that should be the goal, and it is the goal. But maybe I am wrong because Bill Belichick, back in the day, we used to see it with all those, you know, the year they went undefeated and all those great teams. What would he do after a big win? What would Bill Belichick go back after a huge dominating win and do? He would find every little thing that was wrong with what they did. Right. And you'd almost feel like you lost the game based on what Bill right. Belichick presented to you. Maybe that's different now. Yeah, I, think I it wonder is. if it is because... They're, we've seen it in some of the press conferences, more positive, yeah. more of a positive spin on the game because why? He has to be. Yeah, because you can't – back then his team needed to be humbled. Now they need to be built up right. because they're not as good. Yeah. So maybe I should be bringing the bar down. It doesn't really matter what I think in terms of like my fandom. But I'm just saying, I, for better or worse, I know – you know, a lot of us know what good quarterback play looks like. Yeah. And when we don't see it, it's really hard to say, well, hey – 
He he's take he didn't turn the ball over. That's a good step, and you know they they made some plays between the twenties. Yeah. Hooray! Like yeah. their, their red zone hasn't been good. The offense, the touchdown ratio in the red zone has sucked. Yep. four to seven TD to interception ratio. They don't look the part. No, when it gets there's down, no threat, Mark. There's no threat. No, nothing and, scares you. And to make your point, you know, you can't. Bill Belichick did this to himself. These are self-inflicted wounds, okay? First of all, Josh McDaniels has long wanted to become a head coach. There was a way. There was a way with Josh McDaniels and with Brian Flores before him and Brian Dayball and whomever you wanted to ping as a potential successor. There's a way to do it. And I think you saw it when McDaniels left Ursay and, and the clown show in Indianapolis at the altar back several years ago, which is you, you have a meeting, you have a dinner, you say, look, we're going to overpay you. You're getting the keys to the Cadillac when it's time. And then maybe you need to re-up that. Or maybe they were happy to let him go. Whatever the situation is, my point is this. Belichick had an opportunity to keep, to, to stop the brain drain, to keep some talent here that you could continue to build around, and he let it erode, and he went to the Dollar Tree, and he got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who he doesn't even have to pay. Now, I have no problem bringing Patricia and Judge back if you feel like they can be loyal to you and you feel like they can help you in some way. But don't put them in a role. Don't put them in a role that they can't be successful in that is going to impede the progress and retard the progress of your number one asset, Mac Jones. And that's exactly what he did. So when you talk about the bar and lowering the bar, hell no. Don't lower the bar. Because he shot himself in the foot with it with his action this year. He shot himself in the foot. He brought this upon himself. And now they are where they are with the offense. Do you know where I would have been totally fine welcoming Matt Patricia back to? If he was taking over for Ernie Adams. Yeah. Some eye in the sky that I never had to look at or hear. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's fine. Like, you know, coach experience. You have a relationship with him. You want him to go through some of the research on different opponents. Yeah. They, they, fine. He's a smart guy. He's probably smart do that guy. well. You do fine. Offensive coordinator? I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Come on. There's no flow. And the, so, look at And it's less about... I was goofing on Patricia earlier with that sound, which I'm still trying to make sense of, but... Next year is next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> are going to be much different than the teams we play in the second half of the year. Thanks, teams that Matt. we play in the first half of the year are going to be much different, different. than the teams we play in the He's second half good. of the year. Appreciate, appreciate the clarity, Matt. But, you know, so with, you know... But, but again, he's a clown show. He and Judge have created a clown show. However, it's Belichick's fault for putting them in that position. Like, know what you have. And again, I've been pounding this drum since I started on the late night Friday night thing back in early October. There's no salary cap to a coaching staff or a player personnel staff. Like, go get the people that you need. And the other thing, too, is, you know, Belichick comes from the Parcells. Okay. So the Parcells tree has bared a lot of great NFL fruit, as has the Belichick tree. But not only are there no, no more branches on this tree or leaves, I mean, there's hardly a tree stump left. You know, I mean, every Who's tree. Right. Be- Who's tree? Parcells, Bel- Parcells, Parcells yeah. Belichick, okay. right? So I've been pounding this drum for a long time. Can we get a different perspective in here to help Belichick? Like, look, at you've had a nightmarish time trying to draft receivers. Has anyone thought about calling up the Steelers and saying, hey, you know, maybe we can grab their receivers scout? Yeah. I, you know, then you have to. You might have to make hire somebody you don't really know that well. That's okay. But does who's that, on the Steve Belichick tree? You got to check that one out. <laughs> Brian Belichick. Okay. But like, but like, if that guy, if that scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers makes one hundred and fifty to two hundred grand a year, pay him five hundred and bring him here. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's like get some different eyes. Uh, uh, 
your chief of staff shouldn't be a yes man, like a failed yes man, like Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. It should be someone that could say, hey, Bill, like your wife, you're out of your mind, and here's why. That's what they need. I want to ask you when we get back, is the arrow pointing up or down for the Patriots? And based on your answer, I want to know what that means. This is Don Darrow and Hackett, Thanksgiving Day, WEI. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, we're back to Mark Dondero and Jim Hackett on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. All right, happy Thanksgiving. Back here, Dondero and Hackett, WEEI, 617-779-7937, getting you set. Patriots at Vikings tonight. I think the arrow for the Patriots, Jim, is pointing down. Even though I do like them tonight against Kirk Cousins because I hate Kirk Cousins' game. Yep. Um, but overall, when you look at the quarterback, I think the arrow is pointing down based on what I've seen out of the quarterback position. Which way is the arrow pointing for you? I'm raising, raising my hand, teacher. Yeah, the arrow's down. It is pointing down. But the defense is playing much better, and it's yep. not a fake defense like last no. year. Nope. They're running the ball great. They've got running backs. Why yep. is it pointing down for you? A couple reasons. One... They're 6-4 and four right now, and most of that has to do with the mediocrity of the, of the competition that they've played, or the, or the lack of competition. Sam Ellinger? Yeah. So the guys that they've beat. Jacoby okay. Brissett? Yeah. Mitch Trubisky, Sam Ellinger, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Zach Wilson twice, and uh, Jared Goff, who Belichick has given nightmares On to. On the road, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so part of it is a lot of what we've talked about, right? I'm going to quote, I love this text. It says, uh, the real question is, why don't we hire Bill O'Brien? Having hump and stump run the offense is absolutely ridiculous. I like hump and stump. It's pretty good. So anyway, that's Patricia and Judge if you're just joining us. So look, there's a lot of reasons. I, I think, if I may, one, the brain drain of the organization, the football organization under Bill and what they've been replaced with and what they, what they don't have versus what they did have, number one. Number two, on the field, the schedule. Put these ones in the hard-to-win column, all right, starting tonight. I think they've got a good shot tonight. I'm with you. But, you know, Minnesota's 8-2 and two on top of the NFC North. Minnesota, Buffalo twice, Miami, and Cincinnati. They're all better than you, okay? Mm-hmm. So arrow down there. Arrow down in terms of the football operation. Arrow down in terms of the starting quarterback. As you've said, Mark, the most important position in the field, probably the most important position in sports, that with goalie and hockey, right? So a Wing and basket in the NBA. Yeah, arrow down. Okay, so, you know, Bill Belichick, 70 years old. He'll turn 71 next spring. Arrow down, because you don't really have a succession plan that any of us trust. So, lots of arrows down. Where the Thank you, Bill. God, God bless you. The, the arrow's up to me. There's one arrow up. There's two arrows up. The defense, which I like, and it's a young core, and they've drafted well on defense. I'll give them that. Organizationally, Organizationally, what I'm hanging my hat on as a what as a 45 year fan of the Patriots, here's what I'm hanging my hat on: Jonathan Kraft. Okay, because I feel, and I don't, I've never met the man, um, but I know him to be a shrewd and smart businessman. And you know, Dad isn't going to be at the switch forever. You know what I mean? Probably not. But Robert Kraft, I think he's at least 80, and I hope he lives a long, healthy, happy remaining golden years of his life. Sure. Newly but, married. Yeah, but yes, that's right. But Jonathan Kraft is going to take over the keys to the Cadillac at some point. And I wonder, what does Jonathan Kraft think? Because I like the ownership structure, the fact that Robert Kraft, who changed everything about the, about the trajectory of this organization in, in football in New England, and thank you, Mr. Kraft, for that. On Thanksgiving, I thank you for that. 
I like the fact that Jonathan Kraft is is going to. It's a succession plan to him. And what that allows me to think is that maybe he has his own ideas. And I hope he's sharing my idea that, look at, I like Bill Belichick coaching the team. I like him having his beak in player personnel. I just think he needs outside eyes for help. So the one arrow up I see, the two, one on the field, defense, and the one in the organization is the fact that you have a, a, a sustainable plan with ownership with Jonathan Kraft. Other than that, it's arrows down, my friend. I don't think you can argue it right now. No. Um, and the deciding factor... Is, is the quarterback. Yeah. Because if you lose him, and I don't know, I'm not saying again that you, the good news is for the Patriots and Mac, you can turn it around. There's still time, even this year. All it takes is, a, no, there is. I don't think it's going to happen because yeah. I just don't see the path to it. Yeah. But there is still a way where if he plays great tonight and then outduels, you know, we just saw Zach Wilson do it essentially. Yeah. It's a big if, game tonight. If that. he outduels, um, if he outduels Josh Allen in the Bills yeah. and plays well tonight, and all of a sudden he strings not just wins where Mac plays well. I'm, I need Mac to yeah. play well, yeah. whether that's big statistics or whether that's late in the game making plays to about, win it for you. How about red zone efficiency? Red like, zone in the end zone. You know, so we were talking earlier, Mark. Like to me, all right, he's he has a crisis of confidence, Mac Jones. That's what's all right. So that Indianapolis game, that twenty-six to three snooze fest. Okay, don't turn the ball over. Okay, check that box. Last week against the Jets, move the ball well, be efficient. Now, they didn't get in the end zone, but, okay, that's two weeks in a row. You didn't turn the ball over, and, and, your, and your statistics are looking better. You should feel good about that. To take that next step, you got to let him get his confidence yeah. back. And how does a quarterback get his confidence back? You sling it, yeah. man. It's just like a relief pitcher. Like, you know, you give up a bomb. You you have to let that – got to bring that guy back in and start uh, chucking 97-mile-an-hour fastballs. I hear you. I'm just in the in – the, end of year two, like the later stages of year two, and we're getting all fired up about, oh, we didn't turn the ball over. That's just, it's tough. It's I know. a tough thing. Tough. And I, but there is a path. And so we will, we will take a break. But one thing I want to tease before we break, Mark, is, you know, we did see this team morph and change in 2018. They won a, won a Super Bowl, but this team doesn't have that kind of structure around it. That's the difference. It can't, to your point, it can be done. They did. They morphed and they gave it to Sony Michelle, who's a jag, but it worked that year. Yeah, but the bigger transformation that year was what they did defensively and how they no became question. much more aggressive in the playoffs. Okay, and the other teams, they by the time Brian they Flores. caught up to it, that's right, it was Brian Flores, but by the time they caught up to it, it was the middle of the 2019 season, the boogeyman. Yeah. So they were able to get away with it throughout that playoff run and then into 2019, and then eventually it caught up to them. 100%. But the balls are heating up. So we need to see Mac Jones play well, but it's got to happen now. Yep. It's got to happen yeah, now. Tonight's else, the night. How much longer is he going to be in a position to make it happen, especially when you saw what happened earlier in the year with, with Zappi? Yeah. Okay. Quote Herb Brooks, tonight's the night. That's right. Was that a quote? I don't remember that quote. It Something was. like that. Okay. <laughs> Trust you. All right. Um, more on the Patriots when we get back. We're also going to get into the Celtics. This is Don Darrow and Hackett on WEI. Happy Thanksgiving.